Welcome to the Open Source Way. This is SAP's podcast series in which we'll talk about the difference that open source can make. In each episode, we'll talk to a different expert and we'll talk to them about why they do it the open source way. And uh, this time around, it's probably Happy New Year, because if everything goes right, this is going to be our first episode in 2021. And in this first episode in 2021, I will be talking with Andreas Kunz and Peter Musik about OpenUI 5. We will learn what OpenUI 5 is, how it relates to other SAP UI technologies, like, for instance, SAP Fiori, why we run UI5 open source, or at least partly, and what there is to learn from that project. A quick introduction to our two guests today. Andreas Kunz is uh, at SAP since 2005 and with UI5 from the very beginning in various roles, now as a lead architect. He's always eager to engage with the outside community and he's an advocate for openness and for open source in general. Peter Musik, or for English-speaking world, Peter, is with SAP since 2005 as well. He is an initial member of the Phoenix Project, uh, also known or later known as UI5, OpenUI5, SAP UI5 grown into the role of a chief development architect for UI5 by now and today mainly focuses on evolution of the framework, the controls and the tooling to move things closer to general web standards. Uh, let's maybe start with a little bit of an explanation. Andreas, what is Open UI5 or maybe what is UI5 and then what is open about it? Yeah, um, UI5 is a web UI framework. so. It's um, the UI elements you see on the screen as a user, like the buttons or input fields or calendars or whatever you have there. Um, but it's also the framework below. So it's the data binding, the data models, how it speaks to the backend. It's the application structure, uh, the model view controller concept, translation, all kinds of framework functionality. So that's the core of UI5. And the controls that I mentioned are like bundled in libraries and control libraries around that. So it's it's a bunch of control libraries, about a dozen or so in OpenUI 5. And yeah, as I said, OpenUI 5 is an open source library or open source framework, which we have um, put to GitHub in, I think, 2013. So it's an open source project for a long time already. Okay, and uh, we have now heard about UI5. Many people out there may know SAP Fiori as SAP's UI technology. How do UI5 and Fiori relate to each other? Uh, Fiori from the beginning was more the design concept for a new set of applications that are, are more user-friendly and not so overloaded with lots of stuff on the screen and the user doesn't find it his way or her way. Um, so Fiori is really more a design concept or the visual design. This doesn't prevent some people from talking about, well, I'm using Fiori when they actually mean they mean the technology behind, which is UI5. And I mean, we have talked about open UI5 so far. There's also SAP UI5, which might also be something that is confusing to people. So why is there open UI5? And SAP UI5, what's the difference? So as I said, open UI5 is the core framework functionality plus a 
bunch of control libraries around that. And when a customer buys some SAP product and gets SAP UI5 with it, then that's the same thing. It's OpenUI5, it's the same bits and pieces, it's exactly the same code, plus some more. So in SAP UI5, you get some more control libraries. The core is the same. A lot of libraries are the same, but in SAP UI5, you just get like 10 or 20 more control libraries on top that you don't have in OpenUI5. Which are then often specific to certain SAP applications, or how comes that? Exactly. Uh, so that's that's often the case that applications have very specific requirements that are not really suitable for, for a general UI framework, or where we just cannot promise that we can implement the stuff. And UI5 is extensible, so they can just implement the controls like we can. And this is why um, other teams then decide to develop it on their own, but also contribute it to SAP UI5 in a more inner source way. So it's not open source, it's not developed outside, not available for free for others outside, but still it's a sort of contribution to the overall SAP UI5 project. So basically the overall picture is we have the same core and once it's extended with inner source mechanisms and once it's extended with open source mechanisms, basically. Yeah, so I mean, everything that is on GitHub, OpenUI5 is on GitHub, everything that is contributed there also becomes automatically part of SAP UI5. As I said, the OpenUI5 part is one-to-one equal also in SAP UI5. Okay, cool. And that's uh, mostly on the control layer, or is it like, uh, can you say there is like different layers? You talked about data bindings and so on. Uh, is w- Would that also be something with open source contributions, or is it more on the on the UI control side? Um, when you talk about the contributions, that's that's happening. I think across the board, it's happening more on on a single patch level. I would say it's not like people out there decide to create their own control and provide it into your OpenUI5. It's more um, bug fixes and so on and smaller features. We do have an external repository for also contributions from for development of open source controls that are not going to be in OpenUI5, but that's not not becoming part of the framework, but that's like in the community out there. Okay. So, uh, Peter, maybe turning to you now with something like a UI platform, like UI5, uh, thinking of Angular and other approaches like that, it may seem obvious that uh, one goes open source with that, but... uh, UI5 hasn't always been. Why and how did it become open source? Yeah, once in the beginning, um, when we started development of this client-side framework in 2009, we really started with the thinking of um, doing it the open source way. This wasn't really possible at that point of time um, because SAP mainly uh, focused on developing the stuff internally. But um, out of a sudden, um, was more or less an announcement at TechEd at the end in 2013, which um, somehow stated that we should open source the core of SAP UI5 as OpenUI5. And uh, this was, I think, the starting point, really, when we when we really got in, in the work. Uh, so Andreas, me, and others in the team at that point of time, we really had to sort out what we need to do and can do to make this core of um, open of the SAP UI5 project available as open source. And, and this really was some kind of the yeah this um, yeah key start starting point uh, when we got out there okay but did it directly go open source or was there an inner source phase in between more or less yeah it 
Definitely. So Andreas mentioned that part already. So we started around 2011 internally already to think about um, yeah, including um, yeah, these parts from, from other teams, custom controls, which we don't develop in the core framework, um, to put them in our uh, delivery, in our sub UI5 delivery, and to share it then also with with their project for sure, and also with the other projects, which may also need that. One one example of for that initial contributor was the inbox control we had uh, or we have in the sub UI5 uh, distribution, which which was then some kind of, of our first genie pick to to try it out how inner source can work. Okay, when you said this was one of the earliest contributions, does that belong to the core now, or is that still part of some list of extensions or something? UI5 is built in a modular way. Um, so we, we, we have this core part of UI5 being the framework. Um, we have um, in the framework things like our uh, data binding, like the control framework and stuff like that. But um, the controls are not being part of the core itself. It's more that for every controls we provide, we have so kind of UI libraries. And these UI libraries, we, we uh, bundle more or less our UI controls and share them um, then with our um, um, with the developers. So if um, this uh, this team or once this team came to us, the inbox uh, team, and uh, they asked to really share their own uh, control with others, we really said, yeah, we have already this mechanism inside the framework with these UI libraries that we can, yeah. Provide, uh, include and provide their control in a separate uh, part in this, in this UI library. And then this UI library is becoming part of our distribution. So you have to imagine it's somehow bundling UI libraries, UI5. And with that, we can then distribute it to the others. When you said it's uh, built modular, I think it's not even all always about how, how would I want to call it? Uh, user delivered coding a lot is also about tooling, about uh, test routines and so on, uh, where people contribute, right? Yeah, true. So in the beginning, it was more that we looked into the framework and to the control parts. Nowadays, we are yeah, opening up um, all the things a bit more that we are also building tooling, we are building um, testing stuff around. And all these things are more developed in separate uh, repositories, separate libraries. Um, but but this is something which uh, is, is is still not part of that what we have in our um, in our core delivery. As we said, so the core delivery is more the, the, the framework. Then we have the UI controls around. And the testing and the tooling is something we develop separately. Okay, uh, I understood the part about the the control libraries, but what I was more getting at is, uh, except for control libraries, there's also other stuff that's partly being contributed, also like uh, tools around UI five test frameworks or scripts or whatever. Isn't that right? Well, we started in the beginning with uh, developing or sharing this open UI five repository with the outside world, which are mainly the source codes for for the libraries and the controls and the framework part. We also started to provide um, yeah the tooling. So we developed this this grant based tooling. Then we had invested in testing framework, shared it also um, with the community, and uh, with that we also got got active involvement here in, in the topics from the community, which enhanced also the tooling and our testing frameworks out there. And also with with the things happening right now around this UI five evolution project, where we are modernizing our framework. 
we are starting now new projects, the UI5 tooling project, which is um, the successor for the grant-based tooling or the web components, the UI5 web components. They are now really built as real open source projects from scratch, not like we have with OpenUI5 where we started first in-house. And besides that, there is much more. Yeah, We have a Chrome plugin in the meantime, TypeScript generation and so on. And much more around there is happening in the community. And uh, this is also interesting that community also has now its own initiatives. Um, there is a UI5 lab where additional libraries are being developed and controls. And there's, for example, also this tooling ecosystem where the community provides extensions to the UI5 tooling. And this is quite nice to see this uh, community interaction is getting more and more active. So when you say by the community, these things like the UI5 tooling ecosystem, for instance, they are actually driven by community members from outside of SAP, really, truly, open, purely open source, basically. Yeah, um, that's true. So this is something we started. Um, for example, the UI5 tooling ecosystem was really a project started at the UI5Con in 2019, where one of the community really approached me at the conference there and asked for... Uh, let's get started this uh, kind of a little project where we showcase that the tooling can be extended with additional things because he asked for a proxy at that point of time. And I said, yeah, build it yourself. And um, by sitting then together in a one afternoon, Fridays, we created then this kind of project and shared it uh, as an open source GitHub project, where now also many others contribute their own extensions for the tooling. And it uh, increases more and more now. And uh, this is really... Um, prospering this project cool that's sounds cool sounds like a pretty active community as well maybe uh back turning back to you andreas is that generally so in your long year experience with the project yeah yeah i would say so so i mean peter has given some some great concrete examples in general i would say community is happening on on several levels i would say so one thing is the code contributions when somebody really implements a feature and contributes it somewhere or works with us on a tool or so, as Peter said. Um, but there's other other means of community collaboration. I mean, there, there are, of course, debug reports at GitHub. So when people report a bug, that's, that's not providing code, but it's still providing value to your i5, right? Um, and debug reports, I'm not sure if we got, I think, 2,000 bug reports so far. Um, they have a generally very high value, so people are really eager. I mean, it's publicly visible. They are eager to present their bug reports in a good way, with solid description, with a high quality, with examples and so on. And this is really helpful. So 50% of the bug reports really lead to a fix in UI5. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty good rate. And there's more people are writing blogs about UI5. They are trying uh, to, to, in, to integrate UI5 with other tools and so on and providing plugins to editors, which make working with UI5 easier or more fun. And that's all like providing value to UI5 without a real code contributions to our delivery. And we, on the other hand, also um, engage with the community. So we do podcasts like this one or other ones about technical topics. Um, now in COVID days, we do Zoom conferences for the community to have some live interactions. We have a YouTube channel, um, the UI5Con conference that Peter mentioned. So there's a lot going on from both sides, basically. Is it, can, can we like put any numbers? Uh, do we have any places where we can count individual users or whatever who are in some way involved with uh, OpenUI5? 
Uh, I mean, it's hard to get like the usage numbers because people don't have to register themselves without also before using UI5. But the UI5Con conference, for example, uh, that's uh, in that used to be an in-person conference uh, with fully booked. Uh, building in St. Leon Road with 400-something people. And those places were gone in like two weeks in the first year. They were gone in one day in the second year. In the third year, it was half an hour and all places were gone. So there's a very eager interest. That's only 400 people, of course, limited by the room. I'm not sure how many would have come. In the last year, actually in 2020, we had uh, UFFCon online with more than 1,000 uh, participants. And when we look at something that is more long-term term available, that's the OpenSAP course that we offer about UI5. The, the first one we did has now 80,000, so 80,000 enrolled learners. So there seems to be, be a quite big community of people that are somehow interested in, in UI5. Something like the course seems to be a pretty good indicator, at least of numbers of people who at least have an interest. While you talked before, I was uh, there was some point when I was thinking something. Um, now, we do have inner source activities and we do have open source activities. Does it happen that someone on an inner SAP way don't get what they want and then they contribute it on the open side? In some places, this this really uh, can happen. Yeah, it depends on where. Maybe we have seen that more on, on places like um, the tooling parts or so, where it's pretty easy to write an extension on that. Um, that you can then, if you don't get, um, let's say, these parts what you need for your tooling, then internally, um, that you contribute it then as a kind of an open source project externally. I also had some students in the past um, where we talked about um, how to provide a progressive web app enabler for UI5 applications. And then I said, yeah, well, it, it might be hard to get that in as a standard tooling plugin for UI5, uh, for the UI5 tooling. But what we can do easily is to create an open source uh, contribution for that in this ecosystem. And uh, that's how it uh, has been made available there out there. On the other hand side, for controls and uh, stuff like that, it's it's maybe a bit harder, let's say. And um, yeah, there with the inner source concept, you have already quite good capabilities to make it available in your own layer if you don't get it in a central layer. But if you don't want to distribute it to the entire world, if you just need it on your own, then I mean, your five is extensible, so you don't need to put it into your five delivery to get it yourself to use it, right? That's true. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering because there are these two sides basically from which you can contribute. Maybe that was a stupid question. No, no. Why not? Because you have really these several layers. You can say, yeah, um, if it makes sense to share it with with everyone and uh, it's somehow generically usable, it makes sense to put in the Open UI five framework and then really go to Open UI five uh, on GitHub and then raise an issue or create a pull request for that. We discussed it. If it has such generic purpose, we can really get that in. Um, if not, we may ask you also to do that then more in, in another layer, be it inner source, be it open source, or be it on your own line. Uh, you can do it then um, depending on for what kind of purpose it is. 
but at least the, the 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 part of my question where I was assuming that sometimes also SAP employees contribute on the open source side is probably correct, right? It's not always just okay. I'll stay on the inner source side because I'm SAP. <laughs> you have guys like this, and you have guys like that. Some developers are a bit shy. Uh, I remember the, especially in the beginning when we did this uh, open sourcing of uh, UI5, where the, some of the developers really asked, oh, my email address gets them public on, on GitHub and everyone can contact me. Is this really okay? Well, I mean, is that shy or is that uh, data protection, data privacy aware? I mean, I know a lot of colleagues who do online banking only after they've booted Linux from a stick. Uh, so um, <laughs> I think that's maybe not shyness, but more uh, that kind of thinking, um, right? Yeah, I mean, it might be related to data privacy, but I don't think they really see the email address. At least you can hide that. But you are somehow identifiable by name and you are connected to the code you submit on GitHub. And that was a concern for some that, like everybody in the world can, in theory, observe exactly what you're coding and like see the quality of your code and so on. And that that was a concern for some in the beginning, but I don't think it's a lot of concern now. So were they like kind of more concerned about sharing their IP or were they more concerned about... Uh writing ugly code and being mobbed for it. <laughs> not, not exactly That's it, that it's really ugly code, but they were concerned that everybody could see what they are like working and writing. And maybe they feared being criticized or, or being told that, well, the code you wrote it yesterday, I saw it just on GitHub. Mm, that's not so good. I would have done it differently. That, that's, that was a concern for some, for a few, but I don't think it's much of a concern anymore now. Uh, I guess that's rather not a concern, but the whole point, isn't it? Yeah, in a way. And it also helps people um, to focus more on what they are doing and on delivering better code, more documentation and so on. And, and isn't it like the, the, the point also of open source initiatives is also that quality management is basically being done by the entire community, right? That's true, yeah. We we get a lot of bug, uh, yeah, bug reports also from the community. You mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah, Andrea said it. Yeah, that's true. And this leads more often to a, yeah, to a bug report than internal reports, uh, issue reports, because uh, most often these guys there are sitting there really uh, and um, doing an analysis, a pre-analysis in detail. So let's say the quality of these GitHub issues are most often higher, right, Andreas? Yeah, just for the work. But what I just said for the code, for our people developing, writing code for UI5, that they are afraid that everybody sees what they are doing. That's, of course, also the case for uh, GitHub issues. When somebody reports a bug, then he doesn't want to feel ashamed that it's a bad bug report or that people say, hey, you just didn't understand it. So they make really sure that it's well described and so on. This also gets me to a question, speaking of uh, people being shy about uh, putting their code out there, speaking of uh, the community does the quality management and so on. In the end, UI5 is an SAP project, right? Why do people get involved or how do you get people to get involved? How, how, and also how tied is UI5 actually to SAP solutions or is it completely free to be used on top of whatever? 
So basically, um, it's free to be used on top of everything else as well. So um, OpenUI 5 is available under the Apache license, and so you can use that. But um, as I think Andreas mentioned it initially, um, we, we have parts in, in the SAP UI 5 distribution um, which are related to SAP platforms, um, having maybe also a connection to a backend or so. Um, and uh, this requires then also to run this part then on, on an SAP system. So a lot of interactions, I would say, they, they are really coming from people which are involved um, with SAP. And um, they, they re have some need, and that's why they're contributing to SAP UI 5 at the end. But these parts we ship really in the open UI 5 way, they are really, let's say, independent. For sure, there are still some stuff inside where we have a kind of a strategy like the OData protocol or so, it's SAP, yeah, and uh, not only SAP, it's together with Microsoft uh, uh, done this standard and used, um, but uh, we, we decided to, to use this kind of protocol uh, to connect to our backends because it provides some, some more information from the backend, but it doesn't mean that at the end we are tightly coupled to that, and many people also misunderstand this part really. So you can really also build your own data connection against REST uh, backends or so. Or what I showed at the UI5Con this year, um, how to use Apollo GraphQL uh, to connect with UI5 frontends against uh, Apollo GraphQL middleware or backend part. So meaning it doesn't even, like when usually we talk about it, we say, okay, you can do open data or you can do plain REST. And now you're saying it doesn't even need to be REST, right? Yeah, true. Okay, so totally open. Exactly. And it's it's more a question on how far you want to go with um, going into uh, understanding the framework, implementing your own um, kind of um, data connectivity layer, like um, yeah, with what you can do with, with GraphQL as well. Okay. And uh, do you have like any very prominent or totally crazy or whatever interesting examples where people have gone without all too much SAP connection and worked with UI5? <laughs> yeah, one funny part was really it's two years back in 2018 after the UI5Con that year, um, people from CERN, so this is this nuclear research center in Switzerland, they reached out to me. Uh, I got a, a mail which was written mainly in, in ASCII charts and I was wondering whether this is uh, some kind of... Um, yeah, spam mail or not, but after the second mail or third mail came, then I, I was really interested in, uh, in in that content, and then I, I really read it carefully, and I really saw then CERN. So, and I said, "Wow, wow, these guys are interested in Open UI five, and they invited me to a conference, to their root conference. It's a, a root workshop which takes place uh, in Europe and different locations, and then the researchers are." are um, yeah, meeting there to discuss the next steps on, on this root framework. And they invited me to present OpenUI 5 because they were really interested in OpenUI 5 for its qualities. And compared to other open source frameworks, OpenUI 5 has one important quality for them, which is the long-term support. So you have to imagine in root, they uh, in, in CERN, they are developing software for the next 20 years. 
And they also want to have a support for a UI framework for the next 20 years. And with OpenUI 5, they see that this is possible because SAP stands behind that. And we do that for SAP UI 5. And thus, indirectly, we do that also for OpenUI 5. And uh, this was really impressive for them. And uh, that's how this connection then uh, were made. And uh, also today, they are still continuing developing their UI frontends um, with, with OpenUI 5. Wow, sounds cool. Um, Andreas, any other, like on totally the other end of the world, maybe examples where UI5 is being used? Yeah, well, uh, as I said, I mean, people don't have to register themselves with, with us to develop some app. But sometimes we incidentally get to know some projects that were built with UI5 because it appears somewhere on the website website of the project or, or in the app store. So in, in the Google Play and I think also the Apple Web Store, we found some interesting things like, for example, educational apps for children from, I'm not sure exactly where it was written. Do you remember, Peter? was in the US. Africa, somewhere, India also. So it's something very colorful for children, for education. Or somebody has uh, developed a home automation app with UL5. So that that's all kinds of things. So as always with open source, people use it for whatever they are interested in and build something with it. And that's and that's more like single players than basically I assume, right? Not no no large uh, commercial or scientific like CERN organization behind that, right? Yeah, in those cases, it was really I guess single developers. Well, Andreas, remember at the UI5 con we had, I think, was it in 2019? Um, there was this one um, challenge, who builds the best uh, open UI5-based app? And then there was at the end of the UI5Con this round, and it was pretty impressive what these guys did. And one of the examples was one home automation thing. I remember that because of this solar energy metering there. This was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, but there is more. Any cover versions of Space Invaders or something? No? <laughs> Pac-Man. One of the early projects uh, or one of the early apps we developed inside our team was really Pac-Man developed with UI5, with the original algorithms of Pac-Man and the ghosts and so on. If you find a code warrior on GitHub, then you know who, who did it. that. That's the username. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like to be mentioned with his normal name. Okay, the Code Warrior. So everyone go look for the Code Warrior and find out his real name. Uh, no. With O. Code Warrior. Yeah. Uh, okay. He's always worrying. Ah, I understand. Okay. Um, speaking of all these things, speaking of uh, um, home automation apps and CERN and everything, how can people get involved and find more information about OpenUI5? Yeah, well, I guess the main entry point would be openui5.org. That's the main web page of the OpenUI5 open source project. And from there, you can find all, all kinds of pointers to different channels to interact, of course, to GitHub. Um, we have a Slack. Uh, um, for OpenUI 5, which is, I think there are thousands of people registered. You can find links to the podcast, to the Open SAP course I have mentioned. Um, so basically, all communication channels you will find on the com community page on openui5.org. OpenUI5.org and community, there is a specific entry on top. Okay. And maybe then, as a totally, no. We'll see, but I assume final question. 
what are the, except for the, 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 the points where more information can be found, what are your two to three main messages that you want people to take away from this? Yeah, OpenUI 5 is really one of the, the early projects uh, which um, did it the open source way. So we started, as you, we have heard, in 2013 with that. And um, this was, I think, the second project from SAP. And this makes us also a bit proud. So the first one was, I think, the memory analyzer. Uh, and, and directly afterwards, uh, OpenUI 5 uh, as the second one. And I think in the meantime, we are also one of the largest ones uh, from SAP out there. I don't know whether we are even the largest, um, but definitely one of the largest. Yeah, maybe I'd step in for the second one, uh, open source in SAP has become much easier and has become like for many things, almost the default way to do things. So for, depending on what kind of stuff you do. So the open source pro program office um, that has been recently founded is helping a lot, setting up the processes and uh, helping other projects to be as open as we try to begin to be, as we try to be from the beginning. And so open source is really something that is getting bigger and bigger in SAP. That sounds like that was two. Is there a third one you want people to take away from today? Yeah, we, we really enjoy working with our community. And um, we got a lot of feedback from you as the community. This openness, what we have here, this uh, has driven a lot of innovation topics in the past. And um, we got a lot of great feedback. Uh, so for us, this was really a big return of invest and it paid absolutely out. Um, so I, I, I wonder why we didn't do it earlier. <laughs> I think we could have benefited even much more. Um, but uh, definitely it was, uh, was good as it happened there. And um, interested developers um, with, with OpenUI 5, they have now the chance to really play easily around with, with the open source availability. And we really appreciate if you have input feedback for us, however you do that, be the issue, pull request, Slack communication, or direct message on Twitter, whatever. Um, really contribute, um, get in touch, uh, do get involved. We also try to get involved as much as we can. All right. I love this as a final word. Thank you, Peter. And uh, thank you again, Andreas. And this would then also already be it for the day. Uh, thanks again. Thanks for listening into this first episode of 2021. It was nice to have Peter and Andreas here. It was nice that you listened in. Um, and if you enjoyed this episode, be back in two weeks from now or be aware that two weeks from now we'll post the next one. Uh, you can find this on OpenSAP and also in all regular podcast distribution channels like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so on. Thanks for listening in and goodbye.